0: Everybody, welcome into to the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is me, Colton Robertson, and today, sadly, I am penniless. But that does not take away from the strength of my guests. Today, I am joined by some of my favorite Star Wars companions. We've got uh, Joseph George. Say what's up, Joe. What's up? Glad to have you, man. And I've also got Miles Buttress. Say what's up. How's it going? Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, today, we are here to talk... Season one, chapter one of The Mandalorian, titled The Mandalorian. Guys, <laughs> when this was about to come out last year in November, do you remember the feeling you had? 100%. The, the yep. intense in- excitement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I was, I was just so happy that this was coming out. And then, and then that first episode hit, and you were like, okay. We are enter- entering a fucking new world of Star Wars, <laughs> new era of Star Wars. Oh, it was beautiful.
1: And whenever I first saw it, I didn't have my expectations super high because I never like to go into anything with my expectations high, or movies or TV shows, because I don't want to get disappointed if I if I think it's going to be like so amazing before I go in. I get you. And then I just watched it, and I'm like, oh shit, like yeah, this is. This is good as fuck.
0: And I remember I remember the first time I watched it, it was like building this whole time. They were like, there's this client. There's this client. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this guy is Werner Herzog. He's a fucking great character. He's probably going to be the main antagonist of the show. And then he, he wasn't. Yeah. And then yeah. they're talking about the uh, the asset, the uh, the bounty in this episode. And it's like a 50-year-old. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. what's this building towards? And then you get it. And you're just like, what the fuck
2: (laughs) yeah like what 50 year old is there that still left of significance at this time
0: (laughs) yeah no shit i mean i was i was just like racking my brain i was like well this is like post empire 50 years old they would probably they would have been around during the clone wars maybe it's someone from that era and then Mm -hmm. and then lo and behold just the the child baby yoda the child fucking the legend the legend so how this is going to work is I've got a full episode breakdown. We got scene by scene. We're going to talk about this shit through and through. And then next week, we'll do it again. Next week, after that, we'll do it again. You know, we're just going to do this until uh, season two comes out because, you know, we love the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. So this episode opens on uh Mando with his tracking fob. And I was like, OK, you know, we're we haven't seen the tracking fob technology yet. And I thought that was interesting. They they did a really good job in the show about blending old elements of Star Wars and with new ones that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh we get to this uh cantina setting where uh, a bunch of dudes speaking Huttese are uh, given a mithral, a tough time and uh they're like yo we're going to kill you we're going to take your skin and uh I was like that's a little rough but you know it is what it is. And uh then enter Mando and got that classic Fucking great music that plays every time Mando walks in a room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I I love the introduction of this character here. He sits down calmly. These guys are just berating him with words. You're like, yo, you knocked over my drink. And he's like, "Mm, shut the fuck up. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to mind my fucking business. They walk up on him. Bartender slides his drink down to him and then it's fucking on. (laughs) (laughs) Smashes the cup against his head beats the shit out of all these dudes, and then cuts a dude in half with a door. <laughs> I remember watching that for the first time and being like, okay, this is this is new. <laughs> this, is, this is not like the live action Star Wars yeah. we watched before. This is a different type of Star Wars,
2: and I am in for it.
0: Oh, I, like, I don't think we've ever watched a dude get straight up, like, I mean, we've watched a dude get straight up cut in half, obviously, with Anakin and Revenge of the Sith, but, like, and Darth Maul and Phantom Menace, yeah. but,
2: uh, but it's always been with like lightsabers with that, the lightsaber. With a lightsaber, it's clean not, it's
0: just, cut. Yeah, it's not a. This dude literally got pinched off at the waist.
1: <laughs> Damn, like, that's, that's that's a horrible weird. way to go.
0: That's fucking brutal. And then you just hear the thud of the bodies <laughs> of the halves of his body on the ground. And uh, he walks over to the uh, to the Mithril, and uh, he just he sets a bounty puck in front of him. He's, and the guy's like, "Is, is that a bounty puck?" Uh, the fuck and it's got his mm-hmm. face on it and uh, then we we get those first words from mando I could bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold title screen I was like yeah okay. I remember the first time I watched that and I was like <laughs> oh I'm fucking in okay mm-hmm. <laughs> this is that shit right there uh how do you guys feel about uh this I, I I listen to a lot of like Star Wars podcasts and stuff like that, and there's actually some weird controversy surrounding this blue Mithral character from the beginning because he doesn't feel like anything we've ever seen in Star Wars, and he feels more like a Star Trek alien. Do you guys see that at all?
1: Hmm, that's interesting. I never really thought about it, but
0: I never given it any thought either. But then I was like, you know what? It is kind of a weird character. Like you rarely have these aliens that speak just like perfect English, just and. In- they're just like, man, eh, yeah, you know, I'm just a regular-ass dude out here in yeah. the cosmos getting getting picked off for a bounty. It is. <laughs> I just found it interesting. Yeah, um, I,
1: just, I just looked him up, and man, he just looks like a fish. Like a – yeah, I don't know. It's really nothing we've ever seen. That's true.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it,
2: it's definitely just a different character design to, like, a normal, like, Star Wars character
0: yeah and that's that's like i said earlier a great thing about this uh this entire series is the uh, introduction of new species and the mm-hmm. use of old ones that we've seen before and like just here in a moment we we see another uh species that we did see in star wars a new hope that uh the one with like the snout that he like whistles through mm-hmm. uh we saw that in uh, star wars a new hope but uh you know he takes his bounty to that guy and he's like yo we need some transportation and uh, he hails a speeder and i always liked this part because it they did such a good job of, like, blending in all aspects of Star Wars that we've seen before. Prequels, sequels, and mm-hmm. we see this little R2 unit spinning out on top of it, like, uh, on Anakin's ship in uh, Revenge of the Sith is what it reminded me of. But uh Mando doesn't like droids. He says, no fucking droids, get the fuck out of here.
1: Definitely not.
0: And you can't blame him, frankly.
1: I mean, it is yeah. what killed his, you know, entire family and, and village that's True jumping you know. ahead but but still
0: yeah yeah but it's a rewatch podcast people if if you're here you've you've watched it you know what's going down <laughs> uh, it's and frankly a lot of i hadn't thought about it like this but like if you lived through the clone wars like thinking back to like star wars a new hope whenever uh luke walks in there and he's trying to bring c3po and r2d2 and the bartender's like no droids Mm-hmm. Like that's leftover prejudice and or not prejudice. Mm-hmm. They're fucking droids, but, uh, <laughs> uh, leftover prejudice from the clone wars, you know, that was like these, these droids fucking fought are are part of the cause for why the empire even had a uh, chance to take over, you know? Yeah. yeah. So now droids are likely more hated than ever <laughs> in an empire society. I'd imagine, or in a post empire society, uh, when he uh, hails another uh, little cruiser thing for him, uh, the driver warns against staying on the ice because uh, there are uh, ravinaks everywhere, and uh, we get to see a ravinak here in a second. And it's uh, it's one big motherfucker. That's uh, yep. It's a monster you do not want to fuck with, but uh, Mando doesn't fucking mind. he this patch, this bitch, real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On his drive away, uh, the the driver proceeds to be uh, eaten by the ravinak, and you're like, oh, well. That's a problem. Then the uh, Ravnak starts speeding at the Razor Crest, which, by the way, kick-ass ship. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites in all of the Star Wars universe, and uh, it, it's hard to create a classic, you know. And that feels that feels like old-school Star Wars. That yeah. Ship. But uh, yeah, he uh, the Mithra is dragged by Mando onto the ship, and then uh, Mando goes and he gets this giant electroshock weapon, and he zaps the fuck out of this Ravanac. Down goes Ravanac.
1: What a badass. From Is the he... second you've seen this dude in the entirety of the episode, he's just a badass in every situation he's in.
0: I like to think of the Mandalorian as Space Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, though. I Like, he's got the utilities. He doesn't have any superpowers, but he'll definitely fuck you up. <laughs> like, it's just... Space Batman, uh, but they uh, they launch into space, and the Mithral tries to play nice. Now, telling him that he likes his ship as opposed to a couple seconds ago, where he's like, um, "I can buy us anything." Just trying to make it pleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and we learn that here the ship is pre Empire, so again he he has greater ties to the Clone Wars than anything during the Empire still hates droids, has a ship from before the, uh, empire even took over. And then, uh, Mando plays the quiet game as he is one to do. Doesn't give this dude a fucking inch. Doesn't talk to him at all. And the Mithril's like, yo, I got to evacuate my thorax. Can I uh, use the back tube? And the, <laughs> uh, he goes, he goes searching for it. He's walking around. He's like, Oh, I haven't evacuated since the solstice. Ugh. And he's, uh, looking for a way out. I'm pretty sure looking for like an escape pod or something. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty small ship. I don't know what you were going to find there. Uh, but then he, he finds Mando's weapons cache. He's like, oh, shit, better shut that. And then <laughs> he finds his carbonite collection.
1: Ooh.
0: Whew. He's like, I was hoping to make it home to my family for life day, yep. find the <laughs> carbonite collection. And he goes, but I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and Mando's like, probably not.
1: <laughs> you just know from that point, like, might as well not try to fight. Like,
0: no. Oh, not at all. This dude you, already has a
1: collection of people not just one dude yeah, he he's just not coming for you it. he's not just coming for you he's coming for everyone with a bounty on their head and you're <laughs> next
0: oh yeah and they get to that later when like he meets grief cargo for the for the first time to us he uh he like sets down all the bounty pucks and then cargo's like here's all the ones i've got available and he's like i'll take them all like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like i'll do everything <laughs> yeah cuz it's easy for me um but uh, after uh, Mando makes planet fall back on uh, Navarro, he heads to the local cantina and uh, classic Star Wars feel. You know we're we're familiar with these bar type situations, like the most Eisley cantina back in A New Hope, and uh, another great example of uh, just familiar familiar species being seen around. We've got uh like a couple Trandoshans, like Bosk. We've got a. Uh, uh, like a Greedo alien. I think they're called Rodians or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just panning around. It's just chock full of just fascinating characters. It's like a Where's Waldo of cool fucking shit. Uh, but then he, uh, Mando takes a seat with Grief Karga, places the bounties. Uh, pay, uh, <laughs> shit, my bad. Uh, Grief Karga pays Mando for the bounties, and he's like, here's uh Imperial credits. And Mando's like, well, that's not going to fucking work. The Empire's gone. And he's like, fine, I'll give you Calamari Flan. I love, like, how do you come up with shit like that? The names of of currencies. Calamari, flan. Those are two different foods.
2: You take the random name that you made up for the aliens and then you just add a, you know, another random name to the end of it and see how it sounds. Like this, like,
0: (laughs) calamari and flan. Like, octopus and like uh, a Spanish dessert. Yeah, Spanish baked good.
1: (laughs) It's either some form of drug they take before coming up with these things, or just a random dude is like, you know what? Octopus. And they're like, they just go off that for a couple minutes. <laughs> they just switch words.
0: Well, the uh, the calamari are the, uh, I think they're the, uh, you remember Admiral Akbar? Yeah. It's a trap. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. those are the calamari. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty fu- that's pretty fucking fitting. <laughs> uh, but then next we see a little scene of the, uh, the carbonite slabs getting offloaded off the razor crest which, by the way, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. And I like the idea that after uh, Darth Vader freezes Han Solo in Carbonite and, like, Boba Fett is there to see it, it starts making its way around, like, the underworld. Like, you can start preserving bounties in Carbonite slabs, and now that's kind of the mode in which they do it.
1: <laughs> it's pretty badass.
0: Like, that's like Vader was a young trendsetter, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. No handcuffs, <laughs> just completely just freeze ah. your entire body.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hands up, just like, fucking no.
1: I mean, I guess that's, you know,
2: he really said, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold, and he, he chose really to put go that in to cold. good use.
1: Damn, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even put those two together. I thought cold was just dead, and not, <laughs> in, a, not in a carbonite slab. That's insane.
0: It's probably an either-or situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'll kill you if I need to, but I'll also throw you in a carbonite slab. Uh, <laughs> and then right here is when Karga shows his available bounties, and he's man was like i'll take them all and he's like yo i've got more people in the bounty hunters guild i can't just give you all of this and here we learn about the bounty hunters guild mm-hmm. a very cool addition to the star wars universe as you you already expected there were a ton of bounty hunters but now to know that they have like this organization they run through
1: <laughs> like, pretty badass
0: that's that's fucking cool and there's actually an ongoing comic through a marvel that that's going on now right now called star wars bounty hunters and i'm not sure uh I'm pretty sure it's like Boba Fett and Bosque and a few others, but like that's just a fucking cool idea
1: mm-hmm.
0: to have a whole organization yeah. of bounty hunters. And uh Mando's like, Well, how much are these bounties worth? He's like, My highest one's five thousand. He's like, That doesn't even pay for fuel these days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mando, you're such an old grump. And uh <laughs> and then hey, uh
2: they're in a space recession,
0: all right? Yeah, they are in a space reception, recession, you know, it's like the empire just fell. Right. They're in between, they're in between governments. It's got to be a tough time in the, uh, in the galaxy.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but then he's like, well, I do have this one bounty, the bounty that will change the, the course bounty. of the universe forever. Yeah. And, uh, what's up?
1: I said, ooh, like I'm, you're, you're building a suspense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. You know what it is. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he directs him to the client. And, like, this guy never gets a name. He's always just the fucking client. Yeah. And he's not even that important, which ends up making sense. <laughs> he's, he's just a, a henchman for Moth Gideon later. Uh, Mando makes his way to the client through the streets. We see a uh, Jawas. And uh, he's greeted at the door by, like, that same seeing eye droid that we see at uh, Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. Like, again, another great just... Mm-hmm. We'll use everything from every little bit of the universe ever. It's like It's like they were kids playing with action figures but they got to put it on tv
1: yeah
0: he enters this uh he enters to see the client and we see another again a gonk droid those fucking things that just wobble and go gong <laughs> gong <laughs> and i'm like that's that's just everything like <laughs> where, where, where the why the fuck do you have a gonk droid here like that's what are just they even monster. for what exactly. do they do what do they do they're just giant trash cans that say <laughs> gonk. <laughs> Maybe that's what they are. Maybe they're trash cans that walk around so you don't have to go <laughs> through the trash can. Wow. Maybe. St- stuff to think about. Uh, when he makes it to a, another door, we see stormtroopers on the inside. And I was like, yo, this is fucking cool the first time I watched it. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I knew we we're in a post-empire society. So seeing stormtroopers wasn't exactly something I anticipated, but like, there's still going to be remnant stormtroopers. Like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't see it coming, but uh, like, seeing them was fucking cool, and they got that dirty-ass armor, they're worn down, and they're all protecting the client, standing around them. And in the middle of these pleasantries and greetings, he's like, uh, I heard you were the best in the parsec And <laughs> uh, Dr. Pershing enters the room, which uh, sets Mando's guards up. He uh, pulls a gun out, points it at everybody, and the stormtrooper's like, We have you four to one. And Mando's like, Well, I like those thoughts. Yeah. Like if, and frankly, I like those odds too. He'd beat the shit out of four storm, stormtroopers. Go, go get a, go get a few friends and then we can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, they take down like 60 storm, like 60 stormtroopers yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> four to one ain't no fucking problem. Uh, when tensions ease, Mando is, uh, presented with what would be his payment, Beskar. And, uh, we learn that, uh, later that the Beskar was the Mandalorians and was taken by the Empire when they colonized Mandalore, I'm assuming. And, uh, they say that, uh, they want the, uh, asset alive, but if the asset dies, you'll still get paid just less. <laughs> uh, he gives Mando a tracking fob, the assets age, and he says that that should be more than enough for a, uh, bounty hunter of his caliber, which is true. That ends up being more than enough as it turns out. And uh, the exact quote from, a. The client here is uh, the Beskar belongs back in the hands of the Mandalorian. It is good to restore the natural order, th- order of things after a period of such disarray. And here it's like, did I'm, I'm curious as to what Moff Gideon's ties are mm-hmm. like he was an imperial.
2: Yeah, yep. what is he now though?
0: Like is he is he's is he trying to rebuild the empire or is he just trying to be like a fucking warlord going around and just conquering territories, you know?
1: Yeah. That's
0: it's a just, good question.
1: I guess that's the one of the main cliffhangers of, you know, season or season 1. You're just left we really Which, still don't
0: Which is so fascinating. There there wasn't even really a big bad. Like, there was, like, an over... There was, like, a looming presence of, like, danger, but there was never, like, an immediate, like, we need to defeat this guy, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and he doesn't present himself to, like, the seventh episode of season one, which is just incredible writing. Like, to be able to preserve a great villain until season two, when he's probably the one orchestrating things through season one is great writing. Yeah. uh, Again, Mando makes his way through the streets, and we see some more great Star Wars references. We see a uh, something called a Kowakian and monkey lizard being cooked, and another one being prepared to be cooked. And uh, these are the things that we saw in Jabba's palace that were like,
1: (laughs) no way, uh,
0: sitting next to him and all around him. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. So apparently, those things are (laughs) like you can cook them and eat them like they're food.
1: Damn.
0: Oh yeah, and the one. And Jabba's palace, when I was researching this, uh, the one in job, Jabba, job's palace's name was salacious crumb. <laughs> wow. Like they had names for everybody in the original trilogy. It's like every side character had a name, which is astounding. But, uh, Mando arrives back at the, uh, Mandalorian coven and, uh, he pays a visit to the armor, which badass character design. Again, this, uh, the show is just so good at designing their characters. And, uh, the armor explains that the best car was gathered by the Empire during the Great Purge. She says a uh, a pauldron would be in order, and uh, that's that kickass shoulder piece mm-hmm. that Mando has from here on in. And she asks if his uh, signet has been revealed, which it is not yet, and he doesn't get his signet till like the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the the clan of clan of two or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's like represented by the mudhorn, which is pretty mm-hmm. badass but I like just planting the seed there like no he does not have a signet yet and it does it's just a throwaway that ends up being something kind of important to him and uh we watch her forge this uh, pauldron from the beskar as she uh, slams it mando has flashbacks from his uh you know very traumatic experience as a child of basically watching his parents die uh so here we learn that mando has PTSD it's a little rough do you think he has PTSD or is he just, like, remembering things?
1: know, yeah, probably a little bit of both. I mean, I, I'd say if anyone's parents died, and especially that fashion, I mean, you're a little kid, but still, you remember it. I, yeah, it's I, pretty I imposing. It's, it's going to be haunting for a very long time.
0: Yeah, and the way the uh, the slams of the hammer coincided mm-hmm. with uh, the mm-hmm. explosions in the background, that's what, that's what lends me to believe it was, like, those were triggering memories, mm-hmm. not just... You don't think he looks back fondly on his parents dying? You know, I, 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 I don't, actually. <laughs> it would, uh, it would, wouldn't, would su- <laughs> 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 but uh, after that, we uh, we learned that he was a foundling as we see these uh, these flashbacks. And uh, eventually, when we get a full version of this scene, it's absolutely awesome. One of my favorite scenes in the entire season, but we'll uh, save that for when we get to it. Uh, she locks uh, Mando's pauldron on his shoulder and, they're set. Mando's off again. He's up in the Razor Crest flying towards his next bounty. Uh, he lands a ship and uh, follows the fob until he sees some uh, blurgs out in the distance. Blurgs. Fucking blurg. Like, <laughs> what kind of name is that? Blurg. I love it. I love it. And it's not. It's also not the first time we've seen blurgs. We, uh, we got them in Star Wars Rebels, and I think we might have even gotten them in uh, Clone Wars, but I can't remember. Blurgs. Blurgs. <laughs> Love me, Blurg. Uh, when he's looking through his gun scope at these Blurgs, a, uh, Blurg pops up real fucking close to him. And it reminded me a lot of, again, A New Hope when, uh, Luke's looking through his binoculars and a Tuscan mm-hmm. Raider pops mm-hmm. up in front of him. And I was like, but, like, they're really diligent about these things. Like, that's such, they, they wanted to make a show that the fans, that they knew the fans would love. And, like, you don't, like, John Care, John Favreau, like, cares about fan service. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he's like actively like trying to insert fan service because he's like, well, why would you not want to service the fans? <laughs> yeah.
2: And It's so not just that. like fan service for the sake of fan service. It's exactly. It's, it's, it's fan it's, service to make like comedic scenes or things like that.
0: Yeah. And and later on when we get uh, Mando talking to the Tusken Raiders one-on-one instead of just fighting with them, I like that a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, here uh, he battles with this uh, blurg for a second. And then uh, here comes Queel. Riding up on his blur to save the day, much like Obi Wan Kenobi did to save Luke, when he rolled up on Tatooine with that the crate dragon called him. <laughs> and uh, again, classic Star Wars alien, the Ugnot here with the uh, quill. Saw them working on uh, in the carbonite thing with uh, in Empire Strikes Back, and he tells Mando that he will help him on his bounty and that he has spoken. <laughs> Quill takes Mando back to his home to explain that many hunters have passed through, all seeking the same bounty. They all died. Mando's like, well, then I don't know if I really want your help if you helped all of them. And he's like, nah, you need it, bro. The way is only possible by Blurg Mount. And he's like, bro, I don't know how to ride fucking Blurg. So, here, Mando has to ride a Blurg. And it takes a little, but eventually, they get it down. He's like, yo, your your ancestors rode the Great Mythosaur. You can do this. And, uh, I'd like to see a mythosaur. Yeah. I think it sounds like a pretty badass, uh, sort of creature. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the uh, mythosaur is actually the, uh, emblem of the Mandalorians. Like, you know, that, like, uh, that skull looking thing that, uh, uh, like Boba Fett has on his armor. Oh yeah. yeah I'm pure. pretty sure that's a mythosaur skull. Interesting. Yeah. So lots of little, little details. And, uh, but then they, we see the blurg, the blurg ride montage and it's very fun. They run very funny. Um, <laughs> they arrive at the encampment and Quill explains that he came to this world for peace and all those that come to this world are seeking peace. That if all the bounty hunters and chaos on this planet can stop, it is payment enough. He doesn't need anything from, uh, Mando. And, uh, Quill chose to help because he's heard the legend of the Mandalorian. He suspects he'll make quick work of this. And again, there will be peace. And like, I, I love whenever we're following a character that has, like, legends surrounding them. You yeah. know? Like, people people watch him walk into a room and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, a Mandalorian's here. Like, that's that's badass. I love I, shit like that.
1: I would love to walk in a room and everyone would be scared of me, but it usually doesn't work like that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I imagine the, uh, the armor probably helps just a little bit.
0: Oh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean... Pedro Pascal, he's he's a a pretty good-looking dude, but he doesn't look exactly like a hardened badass the Mm -hmm. way he does
2: with the armor on. Like, Joseph, I imagine if you were wearing a suit of Mandalorian (laughs) armor and walked into a room, people would probably be, you know, probably a little scared.
0: <laughs> For one, why is this dude wearing Mandal- Mandalorian armor just walking yeah. in a random room?
1: And why is there a five foot seven Mandalorian in the first place? <laughs>
0: hey, hey! Some conspiracy theories that Baby Yoda could become a uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> a two two Mandalorian. Mandalorian.
0: Not too bad. Imagine like a Jawa Mandalorian. Oh, like that's what we're looking at in Joe territory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but uh. Uh, as Mando takes watch over this encampment, an IG unit moves in and starts fucking shit up, just destroying all of them. And we'd never seen an IG unit in action. We'd seen it in like em- Empire Strikes Back. We saw IG 88. But, uh, here we see this IG 11 just destroying shit, absolutely wrecking these, uh, these, uh, people protecting Baby Yoda or holding him hostage. I'm still curious as to what the fuck was going on there. Why was he here? How long had he been there? How long has Baby Yoda been a prisoner? Are these things we'll learn? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who knows? But what we do know is that fucking T- or IG-11 has aimbot 100%. Oh, no. Of course. Yeah. It's unbelievable the way that that dude can just take care of business.
0: Yeah, and I mean, take a TT. He's just He's just great. So him on the voice just makes perfect sense. And uh Mando goes down to the uh IG unit and he's like stand down but he IG unit's like no shoots him shoots him right in the fu- right in the fucking chest and uh he goes down and he has to explain that he's also in the guild and they're like well this is highly unusual mm. we are both here when only one of us should be and he's like dude we'll split it and IG's like this is agreeable
1: <laughs> and another thing is that are these the same stormtroopers you know guarding baby Yoda that are like with moth gideon and like why would they be guarding him so so much if the client wants him
0: well these like, these actually aren't stormtroopers these are uh there there's some sort of alien species called uh the nictus and like that's what i'm saying like there's there's like no explanation for why baby yoda was here
1: oh you're right
0: well it, just, could also, I mix
1: it,
2: up. it could also just be that like there's the whole like a bunch of different warlords Going
0: around, yeah. Then, I mean, yeah, because you know, again, it's
2: yeah. One warlord has it, and Moff Gideon's like, nah. I want, I want Baby Yoda. I want to, you know, run some tests on him and figure out how to take his force.
0: <laughs> Do you think there's any chance that Moff Gideon has some uh, force abilities?
1: Hmm. I don't
0: think so. Huh. I don't think so.
1: It See, is I... very strange why Baby Yoda's just there.
0: How that's we, what. That's the thing, though, yeah. is that like Baby Yoda is a part of this show, and it adds an element. It adds the Force element, and it's like usually if you have the Force in a Star Wars product, it's there's not one example of it.
1: Mm-hmm. And where did he get his little baby carriage thing that floats around? Where did he get? So Yoda
0: that? had one of those too. So like did it just like does it like just come with him? Like does this species <laughs> just like does, does this species just like get an egg? Like <laughs> uh,
2: probably. I mean I mean heck for the first like hundred years of our life they're not, you know, fully developed. Well. So yeah, That's they're,
0: true. they're babies for a hundred years, which yeah. is crazy. But uh anyway. Uh IG gets shot and then all hell breaks loose and they have to shoot their way through a lot of dudes. And, uh, when they appear to be pinned down, IG's like going into self-destruction mode and man like, yo, chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure this shit out. Run that way. Draw their fire. <laughs> and then, uh, that's when they brought out the giant like Gatling style mm-hmm. ion cannon and, uh, Mando takes the dude out, takes the space Gatling gun, and just mows down everybody in sight. Pretty fucking badass. Again, this is what reminded me of Batman too, is because he shot out the like the the grappling hook. Mm-hmm. He was like shoo, pulled him down, and then just hopped on that bitch. It was pretty badass.
1: Yeah, bad decision for them to introduce that Gatling gun.
0: Cause... Yeah, they were like, you know what, this is a good idea. And frankly, I there, was, there was only two of them. It it, it wasn't a bad idea. Like. <laughs>
2: And we just, you're... like, next time do it a little further away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the problem was going, uh, just following the droid with it mm-hmm. when he ran out. I mean, I get the instinct, but shit. Uh, so when uh, Mando goes to pick up IG-11, he's like, you're not so bad for a droid. And IG-11's like, agreed. <laughs> then they uh, they knock down the door. They walk in there, and uh, they find one last Nick, too. They have to shoot him down. Uh, they like, anyone else? But then they find the uh, little pod. And when they open it, we see, for the first time, in all his greatness, all his glory, Baby Yoda. King. Mm, damn. Huh. Think what, are,
1: make,
2: what a do, man. The thing that will make Disney, you know, millions and millions of
1: dollars. Now, do you think that they knew Baby Yoda was going to be an instant meme and classic?
0: I don't know if they could have predicted the extent to which... That's he true. became such a phenomenon. Like, this is the biggest thing to come out of Star Wars probably since Yoda in the Empire Strikes <laughs> Back. Like, yeah, like, in terms I of like think, pop culture. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they imagined it was gonna be quite as big,
2: but I think they knew it was gonna be big because that's why, like, it was Iron a huge RC. reveal.
0: Well, oh, yeah. it was
2: a huge reveal, but and that's why, like, um, all the like plush dolls and all that stuff that Disney ended up making were like months behind a normal release because yeah, they didn't true. want to have the designs go out to like the manufacturers and get leaked. And then they would just be like, Oh, there's this little baby Yoda thing that they're selling. What are they selling it for? And then it was going to be spoiled.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what makes yeah. me sad is that whenever I first saw baby Yoda, I was like, Oh my God, it's Yoda. This is such a long time ago. And mm. then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, like you just died. What the, like <laughs> what timeline am I in? What am I thinking of? And then I, I got it back on track and I'm like, yep. I oh, love this, these guys is a, this is a whole new Yoda. And I got even more excited.
2: Yeah, I thought yeah, new uh, old Yoda and then I was like, "Wait a minute. This is after the Empire." Yeah. This isn't right.
0: Yeah, I uh and we'd only seen one other of Yoda species and that's Yaddle. Mm-hmm. Uh back in Phantom Menace, uh obviously the theories go around that this is Yaddle and Yoda's baby 100%. because naturally Naturally we've one seen we've hunter. seen one male Yoda and we've seen one female Yoda species. <laughs> Naturally the one baby Yoda species is their child.
1: They're not just going to bring up some other two people that made baby Yoda. No, there's no way. Maybe they produce asexually. We don't know or do we? Maybe,
0: know? maybe.
2: Uh, I, I hope they do. I don't, I don't want to imagine Yoda having. That's you know, <laughs> just
1: not something that wants Yoda
0: making whoopee. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, a very strange meme that went around about Baby Yoda is: Would you rather blend him up in a smoothie because he looks really good to eat, or would you rather keep him as your own baby?
0: Keep him as my own baby. Oh, I why is that even a question? Okay. Well, yeah, that's not, I don't know that's that's
1: why. There's a movement of people that absolutely hate Baby Yoda and they just want to eat him. I don't know why. It just makes zero sense. That's
0: such a specific. That's such a specific type of hatred. I know. Yeah. I, like I, I hate you so much that I want to grind you up in a smoothie and drink it.
1: I mean, it kind of would be good though, maybe.
0: I, just... I don't know, he does look a little yummy.
1: Like green apple or I just yeah. don't know about that. Watermelon flavor? Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't think I'm he <laughs> ate that frog. Okay. He... Yoda reminds me like do you remember Lion King when uh Timon and Pumbaa like ate all those bugs? Yes. And you were kind of like ew, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the deal me. here <laughs> it's like it's like Ew, i wouldn't need him but like uh. <laughs> maybe though <laughs> they uh they deliberate about the course of action ig11's like we must eliminate the asset and uh we get the zoom on mando's face mm. he's like then we hear And we're like, no, IG-11 just killed the baby. But then we see IG-11 collapse to the ground. Yeah. And we're like, fuck yeah, Mando killed him. (laughs) And then they have this dope-ass creation of Adam moment where they're just, like, reaching for each other's hands, and I love it every time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful shot. Did you guys watch the uh, Making of the Mandalorian documentary? No. I did not. not. Yeah, they've got an eight-episode docuseries about Mm -hmm. the making of it, and uh, there's a piece that when as soon as they drew up the idea to reveal Baby Yoda, this is the shot that uh, Dave Filoni like drew on a napkin.
1: Damn, interesting. <laughs> well, I know what I'm watching now tonight.
0: Oh, dude, it's fucking. It just gives you such a. I already had a great appreciation for it, but <laughs> an even greater appreciation for just how like they're advancing technology for television and film. Like they're setting a new standard for what's probably mm-hmm. going to be the deal for action type series and stuff.
1: That's true. And, I really uh, wish. I mean, a movie's completely different, but if they just put this amount of effort into, <laughs> you know, the sequels, just saying, ah, just, yeah. just saying.
0: Well, and see, that's the thing is that I think hopefully now they realized how badly they messed up. Mm-hmm. And now the next time they want to go into a movie trilogy, maybe if they ever decide to do that again. That they'll have the sense about them to go. Okay, we need one person to plan this whole thing out, and then we need to execute it. We can't just go movie to movie and not know what the fuck we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like
2: we can take some chances in the storyline, and it doesn't have to be just the exact same movies as mm-hmm. you know every other yeah. trilogy that we've made.
1: And maybe not switch directors every other movie. I don't know. That could be a problem. Just
0: it could be. This uh, this show to th- that a uh, docu series goes into how uh, all the different directors on every episode like were super tight knit and working together mm-hmm. to make a cohesive story that went really well together. And just like I, I grew a great ap- appreciation for like Deborah Cho and uh, or Deborah Chow. I-, I-, I can never remember how to pronounce her last name. And then uh, uh like Rip Fa- Rick Rick Fa- you- I think is how you pronounce his name. Like these do; these people are just fucking so talented, so mm-hmm. cool. They have such a creative vision, and it's wonderful to watch it executed. Yeah,
1: and I am kind of glad. Like, I think everyone wanted an Obi Wan series, like for mm-hmm. everyone. Like everyone wanted it first, but I do think, like, kind of taking a break from lightsabers and and the Force. I mean, kind of because Baby Yoda has it, but it's not really developed. Just taking a break from all of it and then showing an entire new world is just so like exactly what everyone needed. I guess. Oh,
0: exactly. It's Star,
1: yeah. Stars will never get old. It's
0: Star Wars could go in a new direction. Yeah, like, it doesn't have to be what it's always been.
1: Yeah. Lightsabers will never get old. Don't get me wrong. Oh, never. But this series is just whatever one
0: didn't know they needed, but they needed. Oh, exactly. It it was just perfect, and uh, that was the end of a uh, season one chapter one, The Mandalorian, uh, directed by Dave Filoni, written by Jon Favreau. It was a very, very, very good first episode of television. I remember mm-hmm. setting it down after the first watch and just going, holy shit, I mm-hmm. need to watch that again. And just <laughs> yep, just, just watching it again because I loved it so damn much. And I'm, uh, I'm
1: glad they released it like week by week, to week because
0: oh, that's the way I've only watched the way
1: one other show week to week because I liked it so much. And that was Game of Thrones.
0: Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, and I was like, Pedro Pascal was also in that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do like to bend shows, but shows that are so good and, and so well-written that leave you on a cliffhanger every single episode, and it's not just like a cliché cliffhanger.
0: Like it's, oh. it's a genuine like, okay, well now I have to see what happens yes. next. And so many people
1: talk about it. So many theories are made, even off episode one, and it's just
0: – what a series, man. What a series. And uh, next week we will be back with season one, chapter two of the Mandalorian. I, uh, believe that one's called the child straight up. So we got the Mandalorian. Then we got the child straight Uh, up. Yeah. I, uh, I dig that. I dig that a lot. Uh, so next week it'll be us three and we'll have one more with us. We'll have a a cat named uh, Kyler Barnett on with us. I had him on Koro's companion podcast a few months back for Iron Man episodes, and it'll be a most enjoyable conversation. Awesome, man. Mm. I can't wait. Well, thanks for uh, joining me guys. Uh, This has been the uh, Penny Bloom Podcast. I am Colton Robertson, joined by Joseph George and Miles Buttress. And this is the Mandalorian Rewatch pod that you are going to need to experience because it's the shit, frankly.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. All right. I love you guys.
1: Love you too, man. Love you too. Bye. Bye.